0: Oh, how's the Papa run? Shepaluchim aboyim b'shem Hashem Leirach noochem b'shem Hashem Shalom to Allah Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir Tonight Rishchidosh Shvat Rishchidosh Shvat He's having his hair cut in two weeks No, three weeks, half-alav Shvat actually Three weeks from today. Chaydashvat, um, also, as I, don't, I believe we spoke about last week, is the beginning of a milestone of the Jewish year. As the Chaydashvat begins, the cycle every two weeks is a Yamtiv. Okay. After the Chaydashvat, in two weeks is Tubashvat. Two weeks later is the Shkodesh Adar. This year there's two Shkodesh Adar. So then the week after that is Purim Katan, then Shkodesh Adar, then Purim, Shkodesh Nissen, Pesach, and etc. Shkodesh Ir. Every two weeks, every 15 days, is another Yom Tov Yetzir Shem. So the Avichilata can help that the Yom Tavim will flow and we will add Yom Tavim be Yisrael. The fact of this month, the month of the Shvat, where two shvat is a tremendous, very, very, very great Yom The Rosh Hashanah we we will discuss how about the Tavim in two weeks. Other occasions in Shvat. Next Shabbos, M'yat Shem will be Yud Shvat, which we will also be discussing. Shem next week. Good night. <laughs> this week Shabbos, Pashas Boy. Whether it snows or it doesn't snow, it's going to be Pashas Boy. <laughs> no matter what the weather is going to be, the Shabbos will be. If it does snow, and the weather forecasters actually get it right once, then Hashem should bench everybody to be safe, and sound, and secure, and should be able to uh, get to Shul. Don't let a little bit of snow, a little bit of snowflakes, interrupt your trip, your journey to Shul. If anything, everybody should come out in, in greater numbers this week to show that the weather the inclement weather they're expecting six to eight inches in New York and they're expecting five degrees weather Friday night etc. etc. all that they're expecting God should bless that we shall be able to overcome this and be able to get to the shul and to any shiurim that we go to nothing should God forbid be hindered this week, Pasha's Boy is the last three Makkahs. As we said last week, Boy is Gematria 3, and therefore the last three Makkahs are discussed in this week's Pasha Arbe, Keshach, and Makkahs <coughs> A threat. The Almighty threatens, tells Moshe to threaten, If you're going to withhold, with this, is you're going to withhold sending out my nation, you're going to bring the arbe over your boundaries, over your borders. Is that fair? It's not fair! <laughs> You're saying that you're not going to let his heart allow the Jews to leave. You're going to harden his heart. You're going to make him miserable and not let him have that feeling to want to let the Jews out of Egypt. And when he says, no, they can't leave, you're going to punish him, But you're not letting them leave. You're not letting him, his heart do it. So why be punished with the Arbe? The Arbe is a subsequent punishment. His locusts are a subsequent punishment for him not allowing the Jews to leave. But he himself, the Abish himself says that I'm not allowing him to get his heart softened. In Tanya, the Talmud Rebbe writes, there are five parts. There's the Kuteh modern. Shari Vemuna, and of the last three parts, you have one of them is Igeras Atshuva, which talks about chuva repentance. The Al Rebbe writes in Igeras Atshuva, Perek the eleventh Pedik. Shafmi Shenamar Even the person that it said about him, the Gemara. In Masechtus Yuma, for those keeping score at home, eighty-five side B in the Mishnah. speaking tshuva. Even the person that has gone that has been, been so wicked that the tater tells us, the Chachamim, the sages tell us that it will not be, he will not manage to do tshuva says the Alter Rebbe in the Geres HaTshuva, that although the Tana says that he will not manage to do Tshuva, he will not manage to repent, the Alter Rebbe writes, He named Dochak, when his Chazik, when it's Gaber, Ay Yitzrei, Vos HaTshuva, MeKabden, Shuvasi. But if he really devotes himself, and pushes himself, and changes himself, and (coughs) works on himself, and does repent, his repentance is accepted. Even the person, that Lamayla, that in heaven, they are not allowing him to repent, still in all, he still has the option, the choice, to push himself and to repent. This is what Pari had to do. I definitely did not allow his heart, I hardened his heart and did not allow his heart to be compassionate and to give the Jews exit visas. This is what the epitome of making it difficult for someone to repent. Although I hardened his heart, I still left him the option to push himself and to repent and to let the Jews go. And since he didn't, that's why he was punished. This is a tremendous lesson to us. That if Pari, a pure and utter wicked king, a wicked person, the Torah tells us, That the Almighty leaves him the option, leaves him the capacity to repent. Even though, as wicked as he may be, so much more so each and every Jew who has an Ishamah Tehidah, whatever their situation might be, they have potential to repent. Off the schedule. Thank you. But I There's a famous story of the Bashantov. A Jew who was not a Khras of the Bashantov. Mm-hmm. Who's actually an antagonist. It's actually, I really thought when she rolled the bottle, of that cup was going flying. Yeah. We did. We were really missing that last. Um, it was actually an antagonist of the Mashemtiv. Had fallen into very dire straits, and had lost all his money. Um, try what he may. Whoever he spoke to, whatever he went to, nothing was helping. Somebody recommended to him that he goes to the Mashemtiv. In the time of the Mashemtiv, this is the beginning of a. Since we have an era that had tzaddik, blessings and giving blessings, and accomplishing. No. so a lot of people tried to see what it's all about and a lot of people were very against what was going on he was one of those people they called him the sect later actually they were given the name of the sect in the time of the Ba'ashemta, they didn't have any name the Ba'ashemta himself was by the people who didn't like him including his brother-in-law were really, really, he was really really put down they considered him a total lunatic the wife could no longer tolerate the financial straits and she told the husband, please, I want you to go travel and ask a blessing from the B'Hashem No. He couldn't push it off any longer. His situation was not getting better. He went to the B'Hashem And as he came into the Vashemtav and told him his his plight, told him his dilemma, told him how he lost everything, the Vashemtav put his holy head in his hand for a moment and thought. And then the Vashemtav reached into his drawer and took out a candle and a match. He handed him his candle and a match and he said, and he concluded his meeting with him. Man was furious. He's furious! I knew this guy's crazy. I told my wife he's crazy. And what does he do? He gives me a candle and a match. I take almost my last penny to travel to him, and this is how this is my "quote unquote" blessing I'm getting from him. He was fuming mad, and he left, and he began his journey home. And the first resting place that he found was an inn, a wayside, a roadside inn. And he went into the inn. And the man sees him there, and he says to him, Shalom Aleichem, who are you? Where are you coming from? And he says, I'm coming from the Baal Shem Tov. I live in this, in this city. All right, they talked a little bit. He gave him a room. Mm? Oh, my gosh. The peanuts burnt. Uh. (laughs) But the room... It smells terrible. The peanuts burnt. burnt. The room had no windows only when he sat down on the bed and looked around that he realized there were no windows in the room Shh. at that point in time he heard the door locked from the outside and he heard his host his innkeeper laughing and saying that he's not going anywhere Man was petrified. The room was pitch dark. He couldn't find anything. How does he get out? He was. Then he remembered the candle and the match. He had in his pocket Rosh <laughs> Hashem handed him a candle and a match. He took out the candle and the match. He lit the, ma- the candle. And he started to search. And he looked under the bed and he saw a <coughs> trap door. He moved the bed and he opened the trap door and much to his dismay, the situation is not getting any better. In that trap door <coughs> was a bile of dead bodies. This guy is a mass murderer. A serial killer, as it So it happens when you put too much sugar on your cornflakes in the morning. It tastes very good. And you put sour milk. you call a serial killer. Yes. And, um... He realized that he's the next one. This guy probably, nobody finds this inn. So he kills whoever comes in, and he takes their money, and that's it. And they the end. So he chaps on a thought, a plan. He asked one of the dead bodies if they don't mind if they help him. They didn't answer, they didn't say no, so he says, okay, it must be Yes. And he took out one of the dead bodies and he put it on the bed under the blanket under the a pillow. And he climbed into the ditch with all the dead bodies. He closed the trap door on top of him and he pulled the bed over him. Middle of the night he hears he's lying there with all these stinking dead bodies and he hears the door open and the in keeper is coming in and he says, now you're joining everyone else in this hotel. And he takes a stick or something and he starts to beat the body in the bed to death again. Again, obviously, because he already killed his body once before. He didn't know that was a dead body. It was dark, he wasn't looking. He saw a body in the bed, he just killed it. And he said, okay, you're not going anywhere. I'll take care of you in the morning. And he walked out of the room and he obviously left the door open because the dead body's not going anywhere. <laughs> the man climbs out and he looks around him and, he, and he's shaking from head to toe and he runs out of the hotel. And he runs back to the Bashemtev. Because he realizes now the Bashemtev was not so simple. This candle on the match had a reason for it. It saved his life. He comes back to the Bashemtav. He's trembling. And immediately he was allowed into the Bashemta because the Bashemtav obviously said when he comes back, send them into me. And the Bashemtav told him the following. There was a decree on you. A decree in heaven that you were to die, but you had somebody, an ancestor, or somebody praying for you, that said, Ani chash of A poor person is like a dead person. And therefore, he should lose all his money, he'll be considered dead and leave him alone. And therefore you lost your money. But it didn't help. And the decree was still pending. You came to me and I saw the decree still pending. I didn't want you to die. I realized that if you would lie together with the dead bodies and feel what death was all about, maybe this would be enough to nullify a decree. (laughs) And Kachav. Your decree was nullified. Now you can go back home and your panasa will turn back around and everything will be fine. Do me but one favor. On your way back, don't stay there, but go back to that same inn and tell the innkeeper I want to see him. Needless to say, when a dead body walks into the inn and gives the innkeeper instructions, he's not gonna hesitate for a minute. As far as the innkeeper was concerned, he killed this guy. To see him walk in again alive into his inn was a little bit of a shock. <coughs> and he came in and he told him the Bashemta wants to see you, and he ran out. This man realized that this guy got out, somehow he escaped. But he heard that Hashemtov wants to see him. He realized that his end is near. <coughs> he went to the Hashemtov, and he started to cry and to beg and to plead that he should be given a way of repentance, a way to do tshuva. Hashemtov told him that you killed many people. It's not so simple. But, says the Bashemtiv, if you'll do a real Tshuva perhaps you'll be forgiven. He's unwilling to do anything. And the Bashemtiv told him he should start to travel, never spend two days in the same town, never ask for food. If anyone gives him, they give him. If they don't give him, he should go home hungry. Go to sleep hungry, and he should go every night on mid- at midnight. He should go to the mikveh every night, midnight. He should go to mikveh, and he should never stay in the same town two days in a row. And he says to the "And how will I know to stop?" He says, "You will know. You will know." Well, the man obviously understood that his chuva was very, very pertinent, and he sat on the road. And he sat to the road, and he went from town to town to town every night, and sat and sat till him and shul all day long, crying and davening and asking for forgiveness <coughs> for years. This went on for years that he didn't sleep in the same town two days. Never asked anybody for help and got whatever he could. Someone gave him had Rahmanas. And every night, midnight, he went to the mikveh. Can you teach yourself? One night, after several years of this tshubah, he was sitting in his madrash. He was saying till or he was learning. It was 11 o'clock and a storm broke out. And a man walked in, wet from head to toe. And he sat down with him. And he asked him, could you learn with me? He said, I don't have much time, but yes, I would learn with you. And they started to learn, and the man started to ask him some very difficult questions. And the questions went back and forth, and they they kept asking, and they kept answering. And he was really not letting him go. And the man saw that it was a quarter to twelve. He has to stop moving, he has to get to the mikvah, it's five minutes away. And But this other man won't let him leave. He kept asking him questions, and asking him and different things, and different topics, and different subjects. And finally the man picked himself up and started to run out the door. And the man started to chase him, and started to hold on to him, started to pull him back, and the storm is raging outside. And this man is literally hanging on to him, begging him not to leave him, hold on, wait, He's learning with me, don't leave me yet. He practically carried the man on his back. And he got to the mikveh. And he went inside, and the man wouldn't let him go out. And the man was trying to hold him back by the door, and he wouldn't. And he fought, and he fought, and already, it's already two minutes to twelve. And as he tried to open his coat, his buttons, as he opened the button, it closed again. And this man was standing there by the door screaming, I don't want you to go to the mikveh. And whatever he tried to do, he untied his shoelace, it retied itself. And he saw this was trouble. And he saw and another few seconds, it would be midnight. He knew he couldn't hold the back anymore. He wouldn't be able to make it. He jumped in with his clothes into the mikveh. And then this man that was disturbing him grabbed the doorposts of the mikveh and tore them out and threw it at him in the mikveh and told him, now your tshuva was accepted. This is the sultan who was trying to stop him from doing his last minute of tshuva. So we see, no matter how severe and hard the tshuva was, the man was actually able to do it if the man tries to and puts himself to it. And the tshuva ultimately is accepted. And this is why Pare was given this warning. To tell him the very same thing. You must devote yourself to work on yourself to do Tshuva. The second of the makas of this week's Pascha is the makas choshek. Makat choshek. Khan Edison was very involved Or Lilco, or whatever other company. Don't, don't, don't talk
1: out of
0: Tachper, you know. You have a storm coming. <laughs> okay, people don't like his interjections. But, <laughs> says the Pasuk. Rashi explains why was darkness brought upon them. One reason is the Jews looked, they searched through the Mitzvahim's houses, and they found all the rich the silver and the gold okashiyatsu we left with time for you shall ahead and they wanted to ask from them to lend them vaiu aimen him ein we don't have anything how is it aimer lay say to him ani raisev beis ko we mock him plenty who I saw the gold, I saw the silver in your house, and it's in this and this place. Ay, ay, ay. What a strange story. Rashi says, The Jews searched. But the Medestan Chuma says something different. The Khuma says, It lit up for the Jews. And it was like radioactive lights on all the gold and the silver. As soon as you walked into the house, you saw exactly where everything was. But Rashi doesn't use that. Rashi says they went to search for it. Why does Rashi change the Pshat from the Medesh? There's a commandment that God gives each and every one of us. behen es There are things, mitzis, that we simply need to put our hand or finger to it. There were, for example, Moshe bringing down the Luchas. The Luchas, the tablets were very, very, very heavy. They were not humanly able to be carried. Moshe simply held his hands underneath them. Kiyo that he was carrying them. It should look physically that it was being done by that person. And therefore the commandment of the Ebi is that the world exists in a physical format not to look miraculous now the truth to be told everything that goes on in the world is miraculous I was driving today and I saw a head-on collision not the, I saw the result of the head-on collision thank God I didn't see the collision itself but it was a few seconds before I got there because there was no traffic yet even and this car was so shmated. it was in my car? Why? What did it happen here? What brought this car here and this car here at the same time? Or sometimes we use the expression to do X, Y, and Z and then let nature take its course. Where does nature come to play? The fact of the matter is everything is done by God. Every moment that we have in life, every breath that we take, every step that we take, every wink of our eye is a miracle. And therefore, nothing happens by its own. But the Almighty wants that people should make things look as if nature happened. When the tree blossoms... Or when the trees fall, the leaves fall off. When the birds fly south to migrate when it's cold. And they fly back north when it warms up again. Why should they come back? Did you ever think of that? No. The birds are in cold in New York. They get cold in New York. You ever see them fly? It's amazing how they formation. They fly in and they fly south when it's warm. For those from Atlanta that were in Florida, you saw all our New York birds. Hope they are well. <laughs> good. Um, here's a Florida list. It's good, it's the Why come back here? What makes the bird think food. that it's warm? There's food wherever they are. They're there for, a whole, for all the months of the winter. It's too hot. Their food stamps, huh? They have to renew their yeah, food yeah, stamps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Section name. The bird is fine where he is now. He knew that where he left was no good. Why is he coming back again to check if it's good again? If it became good always? This is why the Almighty created the world that it should look like a natural status. That the person does a mitzvah, he should look to see the person does this on his own. And this is, therefore, we see the commandment when it's altar as Mitzrayim, it had to be done in a natural way. Therefore, Rashi explains that in order to do the commandment, it could not be through a miracle. It could not be miraculous; they walked in and everything lit up, everything became ultraviolet. But rather, it had to be natural. That the Jews searched. They went through each and every corner, every nook and cranny. And that's why he changes the language to show that the Jews had to involve themselves with doing this. When it comes to the leaving of Egypt... As the midnight will as midnight will about strike, I will take the Jews out. We find it is written that the nullification of the exile of Egypt began by Khatsey Salilah. Midnight. That was when the Makat Pekhorod started and the Jews left though which means to say that it was hatsot hayom it was midday midnight is the darkest moment of the night not really what time is that it's not really though cuz it's darkest right before dawn That's like 4 o'clock huh? but midnight is officially mid this, the, the night and midday would be the middle of the day, the lightest is di- time. We need to learn how we, how we have to behave with this. When a person finds himself in a dark spiritual mood, in a dark spiritual lull, they could think to themselves, Thanks. there's no way I'm getting out of my situation. How can I possibly illuminate the darkness with which I'm in? that tells us the person needs to wait a certain amount of time only until it becomes light from spirituality. Once the light of spirituality comes about, then it will be easy for them to nullify the darkness, to drive away the darkness. And they will be able to bring themselves and free themselves from this. And this is the lesson of kachatzes bachatzes Haliva that immediately began the nullification of the redemption of Egypt. By midnight. Because even when the darkness is the strongest darkness to go out of Egypt, and we think that there's no way of getting out, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, it's pure darkness, tells us, And the same is the other way around. When a person finds themselves in a situation... Where they feel I've done everything right, I am such a good person, I am on the high, I'm on the zenith, I am on the highest level of spirituality I could possibly be. I am etzem <coughs> ayemaze. He could think to himself, "I'm good enough, I'm good," as they say in America. I'm good. I can't stand that expression. Yeah tells us the Teda, they need to go out of that situation as well. And they need to rise up, that even their Etzim azeh, even their Midday should be in a situation where the person says, this is not good enough for me. I need to rise up higher than this. The first mitzvah of the Tata is in Pashas Barih. The first mitzvah that we receive, Hachodesh hazelachem, reish chadashim. Very good. First First I know that. Yes, I Moshe and Aaron were told together. The Almighty shows them the moon. The Rambam writes in Hilchus Kiddush HaKiddush Bezdin does a calculation and according to the calculation that was done by the all different astrologers etc. until they know when it's possible that it could be Rish or not. Which is approximately 30 days. If, in a time where the calculation could not possibly be that the levana should be should be seen, and two witnesses come and say, we saw the levana, we won't believe them. In the olden days, for those of you who are not aware of this, in the olden days, they used to have, two witnesses had to come to Besdin, and say we saw the Levana. When they first started seeing the moon, the first sighting of the moon, they were then separated, and they were asked questions. And if they answered, if their, if their answers coincided, then Besdin would say, "Okay." They'd send the shluchim Besdin out, and they would light on the top of the mountaintops to have had big torches. And they would each one would light. They would one torch would be lit, and when the next mountain saw that torch being lit, they lit their torch. And when everybody saw the torches lit, says the Mishnah, then reshchedesh was declared. If, however, these witnesses came in and they answered all the questions correctly, and then the Bezans sat down and made a chesedin, a calculation, and it was the twenty fourth or twenty fifth day from the last reshchedesh, they said, "We are sorry." We cannot accept your testimony. This is the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, Perik Beis, Mishnah Vav. In case of keeping score at home, second Perik, sixth Mishnah, Rosh Hashanah. The Tzivos Yomtiv asks the question: If Bezdin knows what day the moon has to be seen, why witnesses? What do we need the whole witness business for? In the way of serving God, though, there are two things. There's serving God according to what we understand with our seichel, and we feel with our heart, which is considered serving alpitam vedas, reasoning. And then the serving God, the second way, through the soul, through the Nishama. Which at that point we have total nullification, we have self-nullification. And we are higher than understanding with our seichal. Jews are compared to the levana. We're compared to the moon. And just like the Avveda of the Jew has to be in these two ways, the same thing here the Shachidish, has to have two things. And we rely on both. The Riyah and the Cheshbon. The seeing of the witnesses and the calculation of the Bezdin. Each Rish has its own mitzvahs, has its own service. We have the Halal, we have the Musif, we have the, the Yalavi yavari, we have the other mitzvahs, which the Tera obviously doesn't say, because Tfila was all established by the sages. Tfila wasn't established by Taita. But the Evishter wants that we should know when the chedish. the Rashi tells us, the reason that the reshchedish is established, that we should know what happens the rest of the month. We should know when the Yom Tevim come about. Well, we know Resheishesh. We know 15 days later. We spoke in the beginning of the year for those of us who signed on at nine o'clock. Um, we spoke that every 15 days from Vat is a Yom Tif. and you can listen again to the beginning of the year. You'll find out. Um, so our service, as we said, is like the Levana, and therefore we need both both types. The fact that Bezdin has to make this calculation, this is <laughs> al pi'a seichl. Seichl The fact that witnesses have to come and testify, they saw the Levana, this is higher than seichl. The fact that we believe two witnesses, the whole concept of two witnesses... Is something that the pasuk is exodus It's called, and therefore it's higher than sekel, and we we can rely on this the adim, the, the witnesses, are testifying with a total confidence, which is ultimately should be higher than the chesmen of the bezin, but we still say that if bezin's calculation. Will show that it's not possible what the Edom are testifying, then we will not accept it. A next mitzvah that the tailor gives us in the Pasha is the Karban Pesach. Karben Pesach everyone was told to take a sheep they were told to take a sheep tie it to their beds says Rashi Masi Ben Cheres Eimer Masi Ben Cheres would say he says, I have passed over you, and this is referring to the blood. <laughs> a, a promise, a commitment that I made said, to Avram, says God. is one of our children. But they did not have any mitzvahs to get themselves redeemed for it. Therefore, says the Almighty, "Naslam shtei mitzvahs. gave two mitzvahs: blood, dama pesach, v'dam milah, the blood of the carbon pesach and the blood of the milah." The iman says, "Gam es Also, from the blood of the bris that I've sent to you, which I've bound myself with you from the ditch that has no water. Then Rashi reverts, says in Masya, because they were so involved with the idol worship, stretch out, reach out your arms, take the mitzvah, Away from, turn from your Aved, the Zara, from your idol worship and take for you a sheep of mitzvah why does he bring down for this whole mitzvah over here why does he bring the raya of the Pasuk and also why does he have to talk about the bird in the ditch that has no water It doesn't fit in the whole sequence of talking about the mitzvah of taking the Karim Pesach. Again, looking at the way a person serves God, why were the Jews shtufim b'avidhizarah? Why were they so involved with this idol worship? We look back, the story of the selling of Yosef, the Pasik tells us, reik, mayim. The ditch was empty, there was no water. Rashi tells us, mayim, bay, vakrav, There was no water, but there were scor- snakes and scorpions. Elsewhere, the Rebbe explains that this is a hint in the way we serve God. A person cannot waste a single moment of his day. Idle time, wasting of time is the biggest crime. Because if the head is not full and involved with spirituality, by because Mayim is Tayra, Aim Mayim then the Vakravim go in. All the other stupidities, Rachman al and the prohibited thing, thoughts enter the person's mind. And therefore we still have to explain our situation. The reason he brings in the end the Paseg Miber, Mayim, bay watered in the ditch there wasn't. Because the reason that the Jews were shtufim Bavidah was because their hands were not doing mitzvahs. They were in the situation of an empty ditch. No water. And therefore the Vakrav and Rahman came in. But they were told to take this Havidah Zara on the tenth day and hold it for four days. Why four days? What's the idea of holding this for four days? And what does that come to the concept of the Shtufim that they were so involved in we find by Akedus Yitzchak, and this is a fascinating thought, we find by Akedus Yitzchak, when Abraham was told to sacrifice his son, the Almighty comes to him and says, Lech El Eretz Go to HaMedia and bring your child as a korban on one of the places, exactly where I show you. I'll show you where where. Tells the Torah, phenomenal devotion of Avraham Avino. BaBechir immediately in the morning, the next morning, Avraham wakes up early in the morning and gets sets out to go do this mitzvah that God commanded him. The Torah continues. Ubayim HaShlishi on the third day of his journey. He saw the place in the distance. So four days after being commanded to bring Yitzchak, he finally brings him up on the Akedah. Why would it tardy so long? Why did the Almighty not let Avram, who woke up early the next morning, because he wanted to do the mitzvah immediately, why did the Almighty hold him back four days? common knowledge question obviously because we know about this all the time we say it every morning in Davening so why did it not occur to us the same question that what took so long Rashi says why did the Almighty hold back so long and not show it to him immediately and Rashi explains it to the B'cham mikra. so nobody should say if he would have gone the next morning, immediately, and taken Yitzhak and thrown him on the Akkadah and brought him to the Karim, people would have said, listen how people think, he was not in his right mind. He would just finish talking to God, so God he was really in a tizzy, and he took him and he shacked him. If he would have been able to think this over, logically, sat down and thought about it, he never would have done this. It's a crazy thought. He took his son and sacrificed him on a cover. If he would have had time to think about this, he never would have done it. Said the Yebishter, you're right. You're going to think that way you're going to imply that Avram was doing it out of, out of uh, emotion, out of just lack of, of, of thought. Therefore, says Devishta, go four days. In four days' time, till he brought till he brought him up onto the Kedah, he had plenty of time to think. He traveled for four full days before he did this. He was calm. He was relaxed. He rethought it, and thought it over, and overthought it, and out-thought it. You know how many times we sit down and we think about something. We're going to do it, and we won't do it. Maybe we should do it. Maybe we shouldn't do it. It could be that it was a good idea to do it. Maybe it's not such a good idea to do it. And therefore, you ultimately sometimes do it, and they come to a definite maybe. (laughs) My mother, Elvishalom, would tell the joke of the fellow who broke down on a dark highway. The farm area, there's no lights, there's nothing. It's this total deserted area. The next farm is who knows how far. It's the middle of the night. He starts to walk. About two miles down the road he's able to see the light on in the farmer's house. Oh, Baruch Hashem, I'm going to go to the farmer and I'll get whatever I need to fix my car. He starts to walk towards the farmhouse and he's thinking to himself, what do I actually need? I have actually a wrench and I have a spare tire. My whole problem is I don't have a jack. Why would the farmer have a jack? Oh, no, no, the farmer, and he's walking. Farmer has a jack because the farmer has to lift up his wagons and everything. He definitely has a jack. Yeah, you know what? What happens the farmer says, you know, this is my tool and it's for my livelihood and, 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 uh, I can't give you my jack. Nah. He's walking. He says, no, 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 no. How can I think that way? He sees me come in the middle of the night. All I want to steal is his jack. I'm not asking him for his prize horse. I'm not asking him for his best cow. I'm asking him for a jack. Ah. He wouldn't think that way. He, he's not going to think I'm a thief. What kind of thief wants to come steal a jack in the middle of the night? What happens is this guy is just one of these mean people. And is not going to want to lend me his jack. I'm going to get stuck here in the middle of nowhere because this disgusting farmer, selfish, no-life, won't give me his jack. No, it's not possible. How could he not? By this point, he's opening the guy's gate and he's going towards the house. How could a person be so lowly to not give a person the jack? And as he's coming up the steps to the house, he's saying, well, you know what? I have a feeling I'm going to meet the the worst farmer in the world. And this guy is not going to want to even help me with even opening my door to me. He won't even give me the light of the day. He won't even offer me a glass of water. He sees me perspiring and, and just exhausted in the middle of the night. He won't even offer me anything. He's definitely not going to give me his jack. And he knocks on the door and he's all angry at the farmer. And the farmer opens the door and he punches the farmer in the face. He says, I don't want your jack. The poor farmer tells us to tater that this is what we got to explain over here Shtufim Be'alilim. the jews were so involved with this with this zarah with this idol worship therefore they were told to take this and keep it for four days to think it through to get it out of the system to look at the very idol worship that the egyptians worshiped and to say I am not going to worship this not only am I not going to worship it, I'm going to bring this for a sacrifice. And what was the sacrifice? The and <laughs> Pesach. They had to bring everything. I'll take Al kirbei The head The intestines, the the head, the feet, and the intestines. (laughs) The medish tells us when it comes to Karbun Pesach, the Jews were commanded to take this, the Karbun Pesach, the way it was served in Avedh this is how it to be brought up. This is how a person, and a person had to make it sliesh, roasted it. There are three formats in which a person can work on themselves to serve God. As hard as it might be, but he has to strengthen himself and conquer himself. The first is Raisha, his head. The head is the situation of the highest level. The chokhmah, the seichel of the person. The person does what his seichel understands, his intellect understands. Then is k'nal of the legs. legs, the feet that walk on the earth. They're the lowest which is conquering all the different taivus of the person. And then comes kirvay, the innards, the kishkas. This talks about the entire digestive system of the person. Seichel is intellect. The intestines and the kishkes, the person thinks about his food and his parnasa. That's me. in order to be able to conquer that this too should always be kosher and should always be done for the service of God this is what we learned from the karban Pesach it needs to be roasted in fire all three ways of serving God that should not be done God forbid the mind the legs and the kishkes all have to be a karban and a Pesach to Hashem and to serve Hashem Yisbarach alone. And we should be merit that we're zeichet to bring the Karbim Pesach, we should merit to bring the blood which we are discussing, the mitzvahs of the blood of the Karbim Pesach, the blood of Mila, of the Brismila, we should be zeichet to Zara, Chaye to children, to healthy children, to bring them to the... To all the different levels that we have to raise our children, but the main thing is that we should have the teacher himself, the main teacher, Melech HaMashiach, teaching us we should hear from him (coughs) new words of Teda, even before the snow starts to fall, and we should be, Our sins should be whitened, like the sin, like the snow, and like the white wool, and we should go mechayel el Choyel, this very Shabbos to Yerushalayim erakedish and boy el parei. where the Almighty says, "Come with me to parei," not lech el parei, but come with me, because the Almighty is going to take each and every one of us by our hands to Yerushalayim erakedish. Shabbat shalom to all.